Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another Tallahassee Tuesday presented by Wait 5 Minutes, the Floridian podcast. I'm Nick D'Alessandro. This week, private schools, a few legislative updates, and a new movement by a certain former candidate. Let's get started. It's been nearly three months since Governor Ron DeSantis took the office, and he's been quite busy. Education has been a consistent sticking point for the governor since his campaign. In mid-February, the governor dug in his heels on a plan. This plan is directly related to a program involving these things called school vouchers. I had no idea what a private school voucher was, so I'm assuming that you may not either. Let's break it down. So let's say you're a parent preparing to send your child to school. You can send them to a public school in your area within your school district for no cost. They are open for you. However, private schools require a tuition, some more than others. If you want to send your child to a private school and would need additional funding to take care of that, a private school voucher could potentially assist with that. To receive one, you have to be a low-income family or potentially meet any of the other requirements that these specific programs need from you. These vouchers often go to families who have students with disabilities, students who are attending a quote-unquote failing school, or students from low-income families. The voucher program takes money, taxpayer money, and puts it towards the family and the student in order to pay for the tuition. To be more specific, and we're talking about Florida here, obviously, there are four school choice programs, and only one of them is actually a full voucher program. That is the system that supports the John M. McKay scholarships, which have been in place for 20 years and works as a voucher program to aid students with special needs in paying for a school that works best for them. It was the first voucher program for students with special needs in the country. There are two others that are not as important for the purposes of the voucher debate. They get their money from other spots and fund different things. The fourth program, however, is the tax credit scholarship program. And this is the one that Governor DeSantis is looking to alter slightly. The program has been in place since 2001. Currently, if companies give money towards scholarship organizations, they will get money back with their taxes dollar for dollar. It provides scholarships for low-income families, partial scholarships for middle-income families, and helps pay for lunch programs in certain school districts. Almost 100,000 students are currently in the program, but there's 14,000 on a wait list. DeSantis wants to reform the program slightly, starting with giving 90 to $100 million of taxpayer money to students that are on that wait list. That money would go to these students via a school voucher program. So that was a bit complicated. That's a lot of information, but I'll break it down piece by piece. There are 100,000 students currently getting money to attend private schools via tax credit funding. There are 14,000 students who are not getting that money but are on a wait list. DeSantis is pitching a program so that public funds, not the private funds that come from the usual program, but public funds, that's what you pay with your taxes, will be going towards these low-income students on the school wait list. There are some misconceptions about political parties at play here. The topic specifically is the idea of the government paying for low-income students to go to school. In this instance, it's supported by Republicans and denounced by Democrats. This is sort of uncommon, but this is because Democrats believe, and rightfully so, that the funding to send students to private schools is, in some cases, being taken from the same budget that pays for public school funding. 
Some complained that state funding going toward religious schools is unconstitutional, but the Supreme Court ruled years ago that it fits within the bounds of the separation of church and state. But there are much more founded arguments against private education if you're looking for them. Notably, there are less restrictive standards for students and for teacher qualifications in private schools. Some private schools have falsified information and still received public funding for scholarships. A local teachers union says that, quote, nearly 60% of the students who use a tax credit scholarship returned to public schools with one or two years and claimed those who returned did worse on state tests than those who remained, end quote. There will likely be several bills about this going forward, but now we at least know what a private school voucher is. There was trouble brewing yesterday, the day this episode is written, as the legislature was set to debate a very controversial move. Last year in the election, Florida voters approved Amendment 4, which would restore voting rights to ex-felons who have served their sentence fully and hadn't been convicted of a non-violent or sexual assault-based crime. It was voted in, allowing millions of Floridians to have their voting rights restored. However, the amendment is actually more specific in the types of ex-felons that are allowed to be considered. The amendment specifically says murder and sexual offenses. The debate being had was how we specifically define these crimes. Are they broader than the original concept or are they more narrow? Additionally, there are conversations about whether or not the individuals need to fully finish paying their fines before receiving full restoration of rights. Regardless of all this, many ex-felons have received their voter cards and are on the rolls to vote in 2020 or in local elections between now and then. The results of the debate will be shared next week, but hopefully it ends soon. The voters had their say and the legislature frankly should honor that. Speaking of which, yesterday was the first day in which smokable marijuana could be purchased in the state. In the 2016 election, Florida voters approved an amendment that would allow Floridians to use medical marijuana for a wide and varied number of treatments. As we discussed in the second episode of 2019, there was a massive roadblock in the form of a ban on smokable medical marijuana. Up until recently, those who used the medicine could consume it via oils and other similar forms exclusively. When Governor DeSantis came into office, he spoke on this immediately and had an interest in removing the ban, allowing patients to smoke the drug. That is considered to be the most effective and simple usage. Thanks to the legislature, this ban has been removed and smokable medical marijuana is available all over the state. I hope that you're as excited about this as I am. It's always nice when the voter's voice feels heard. And speaking of which, yet again, Last November, the former mayor of Tallahassee, a Democrat named Andrew Gillum, narrowly lost the race for Florida's governor. He has been relatively quiet for the following five and a half months, still active on Twitter, but down low in the rest of the conversations. Now we know why. Last week, Gillum launched a program bent on flipping Florida blue in the 2020 election. Florida is, as you know, a swing state and one of the most important, with nearly a third of registered voters identifying with no party affiliation. This reflects in our voting history. Since 1980, in presidential elections, Florida has gone red seven times and gone blue three times. Two of the three times it went blue were for Barack Obama. Democrats had the highest number of registered voters in our state, leading the Republicans by over a quarter of a million voters. The X factor of the conversation, however, are the over three million independent voters. Now, Gillum is rallying with various groups, including the Florida Democratic Party, to register 200,000 voters in our state. 
His political committee called Florida Forward has almost $4 million available. He says that his next two years will be dedicated towards engaging with voters and registering as many as he can. I will be closely following this movement of his and there will likely be updates on this new idea of a blue wave that Mr. Gillum wants to create in the Sunshine State. That's all I've got for you today. I'll be back next Tuesday with another Tallahassee Tuesday to get us back on schedule every first and third Tuesday of the month. Don't forget this upcoming Friday the 29th will be part two of the exploration into oil and the Everglades. This week, I'll tell you the amazing confluence of events that led us to this moment and the spectacular, unusual things that sit just below our limestone surface. I'll see you then. I'm Nick D'Alessandro. Have a great week.